Welcome to Folk and Beyond with Air Stephen for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet. This is Air Steven with WTJU. I'm on the road today, but I didn't have to go far as I'm right here in Charlottesville down the road at Perone Robotics speaking with Paul Perone. How you doing, Paul? Fine. Huh? I didn't get to know who you were. Uh, you know, I think I did know who you were, though, because I'd read about all of these other creatures that you've <laughs> made. When I recognized your name, finally, through the link vault in this project that Neil Young was doing... I remember that you had made all kinds of weird contraptions like underwater vehicles and 
some type of helicopter, I think, too, or we've worked, yeah, all kinds of unmet, what we call unmanned vehicles, be they airbound, air-based, ground-based, underwater, surface-based, all kinds of sort of robotic mobile contraptions. And this started for you when? Well, it's it's odd actually. I got started in sort of mechanizing or, or uh, robotizing, if you will, vehicles here at the uh, University of Virginia in grad school. I worked on uh, uh, an autonomous uh, fail-safe train application. So it really started there, I guess, professionally. But um, in about 2001, after the uh, the dot-com bust and after uh, 9-11, I kind of got fed up with my normal working life and got involved with robotics and started this company and moved. My wife and I moved back to Charlottesville and um, started this company to take this sort of software platform and create all these different types of uh, robotic uh, applications in a sort of a faster, cheaper fashion than what's traditionally been produced. You threw out a word, autonomous. Right. Autonomous, yeah. When most people think of robotics, they think of teleoperated, like controlling something with a joystick or remote control. Like you're doing on a computer game or perhaps flying an airplane. Exactly. A little RC airplane. Exactly. So we want to make that more boring. We want to take you out of the loop completely with these autonomous applications (laughs) and essentially put the intelligence on the vehicle. So when I speak of autonomous vehicles, we're literally talking about cars that drive themselves, where all the onboard intelligence is on the car and a mobile computer, and the sensors that are on the vehicle detect where obstacles are and see the things that you and I see when we're driving down the road, and use that information in real time to determine uh, how to avoid you know, obstacles, how to uh, navigate maybe down the the right road versus a dead end, um, and that kind of stuff. So that's basically what, what autonomy means. Instead of cursing the darkness, light a candle for where we're going. There's something ahead worth looking for. the light of time is on us, we will see our moment come, and the living soul inside will carry on. It's a chance to give new meaning to every move we make, through the caverns and the caves where we come You, you've worked with Sun Java, which a lot of people see Java pop up on their computer as a little coffee cup icon down in the corner and they need to update it. Right, right. But they probably don't really know much more about that other than that something's demanding my attention and needs updated now. Because when I go to my computer's programs, I don't see Java as one of the programs that are listed. Right. So, it's- just a ghost in the machine. It's basically a, um, it's, it, Java is, is an underlying sort of software platform um, for, for writing so- software, basically, applications. And, it's, and it was developed originally for the internet um, so that you could, you might have remembered the term Java applets, where in the early days of browsers, you had these, these applets uh, sort of uh, rendering uh, dynamic and live content inside your web browser as you would go to sites. And since then, it's sort of grown. Uh, in enterprise applications, and it's it's really just a, a software 
uh, platform for, for writing software applications and its permeated uh, industry. The light of dawn is on us, we will see what we can be, and the ancient ones can sleep an easy sleep. In the hallways of the ages, on the road to history, what we do now will always be with us. It's a chance to give new meaning to every move we make in the caverns and the caves where we come from. Back about a year ago, you became part of the Link Volt team through a connection with Sun Java in Java One. Right. Well, yeah. The, at, at one of these conferences, uh, we had Tommy Jr., which is one of our self-driving autonomous vehicles. It's a, basically a Scion XB that we uh, made autonomous. And so we were at the conference, and uh, we were approached by uh, one of Neil's producers, Larry Johnson, and they wanted to sort of explore putting sensors in Linkvolt and gather all kinds of statistics about its energy efficiency and uh, stream that to the web so that people can kind of ride along with Neil as he's driving along in this car to see sort of how the car is performing and what it's doing. And since then, it's grown. We've, we've actually started to do more controls and we're managing all these different subsystems and components in the car to like turn on a generator at the right time, uh, monitor all 100 batteries that are uh, strewn throughout the vehicle and things like that. So really, we, we've totally um, uh, made this vehicle into something uh, where we've instrumented it with sensors and actuators to make it more intelligent so that we can offload some of the, the overhead associated with working with uh, this kind of new technology and just make it a more pleasurable drive for Neil. Instead of curse in the darkness, light a candle for where we're going. There's something ahead worth looking for When the light of time is on us We will see our moment come And the living soul inside will carry on Light a candle in the darkness So others might see ahead Light a candle in the darkness when you go. Linkfold is a it's a nineteen fifty-nine Lincoln Continental that um which is a two and a half ton vehicle, so it's a fairly large old school vehicle that Neil uh, owned. And about a year and a half ago he'd approached this guy named Jonathan Goodwin, who's this a motorhead messiah out of uh, Wichita, Kansas, who uh, has built a number of uh, energy-efficient vehicles. And he approached Jonathan with this idea of taking this Linkvolt car and turning it into some sort of energy-efficient vehicle. So with the goal, the current goal being to enable this vehicle to achieve a 100-mile-per-gallon gas-equivalent target. 
and to to I guess demonstrate really that that the technology is out there and is coming, and to also help uh, 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 I guess foster or, or develop some of the technology to make these types of vehicles, even these larger vehicles like this 59 Lincoln Continental, more energy efficient. With the theory that you know if you can demonstrate that it, that you can take a large car like this and turn it into an energy efficient vehicle that it can apply to other other vehicles, be it smaller or larger. Um, Americans in particular who like to drive big cars, the theory being, you know, why fight that? Demonstrate that you can make even larger cars more energy efficient and, you know, better for the environment and also cheaper to drive. Well, down on the corner, up on the avenue, people point and calling out after you. Hands on the hips, their eyes get wider. They can't believe To me, it's a very intriguing idea because it seemed like once the Taurus came on board, Ford built the Taurus, and it was, I think, one of the first production cars that really utilized the flow of the wind tunnel. And once that car came out, it seemed like all the other cars ended up looking like a Taurus in some way, shape, or form. I mean, the aerodynamicness of shoving something through the air lends itself to particular favored shape, and it's a pretty homogenous shape, really. Anything that wants to create as, as little drag as possible, it ends up leaning that way, NASCAR, stock cars. The beauty of the Link Volt, to me, once I started following it, was that in the United States, we built all these cars in the 40s and in the 30s, and, and they, they were truly art pieces that drove down the road. And through this search for the aerodynamic shape, it has ruined that art form. With the Linkvolt, once you get this mass move, and I've, I've heard references to it that it it's similar to a train. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what that means? Yes, and, and granted, I um, you know I, I, I focus on the software end of the project, but obviously I, I've picked up and I've learned a lot working with uh, Jonathan. Had to, and, and, had to get up to speed. Had to on get that up to speed, stuff. right? Essentially, Jonathan <laughs> would be like, you know, well, well we want to now optimize. Um, you know, turning on and off this generator at the right time. So, you know, I basically translate that into into software and procedures for how to do that, what sensors to monitor and what have you. But the concept being, uh, when Jonathan speaks of it being more like a train, is that at its core, it's really an electric vehicle. There's a 150 kilowatt electric motor that drives the drivetrain, and that's powered off of batteries. And that's what drives the car all the time. So, 
Now what happens is, of course, after about an hour of driving, the batteries get low. So at that point is when we kick on a generator that's in the front of the vehicle. And the generator is what backfeeds a 75 kilowatt DC motor, which backfeeds the power to recharge the batteries while the car is rolling. So the car, the car might run for about an hour on electric alone. And then after about an hour, the generator will kick on for about 20 minutes and then recharge the batteries and then they can stick still. So the fuel is never in this car to actually run the engine that propels the car. The fuel is used to power the generator that puts energy into the batteries that continue to power Exactly, the exactly. And and the generator is really oversized. I mean, 75 kilowatts could power a block of homes. And so, and that's another thing that they talk about on occasion, the idea that you can take this car and recharge the batteries off of the grid if you wanted to, or you could actually use the car to power your house. You could plug it in and power, you know, use these cars to power the grid. So now, now the energy efficiency comes into play with the types of fuels that they're experimenting with for the generator. So, you know, at one point they had a CN, uh, compressed natural gas generator. Now they're working with a, a hydrous ethanol blend mixed in with what they call water gas. They're actually producing hydrogen on board from water through electrolysis to add a displacement to make the generator more fuel efficient. So that's kind of the alternate uh, fuel aspect or component to the vehicle and that it's all focused on the generator which is just there purely to charge the batteries. I said oh my I said this car is in bad condition. I said it's so bad there's only one thing I know to do. She said well what is that? I said well I've got to look up under your hood. Yes, you're more missing lady. Got to look up under your hood. Yes, your engine is a missing, honey. I got to look up under your hood. You know, well, I've got a feeling, mama, I can do your motor some good. She said, what's wrong with it anyway? Well, your battery needs charging and your spark plugs ain't firing at all. Yes, your battery needs charging and your spark plugs ain't firing at all. It's called a series, a series electronic car instead of a parallel. Series hybrid, yeah, that's a, a term that they use. You know, the, the difference there being, you know, where you might have um, like a, a Prius or some of these other fuel-efficient cars, the, the generator, you know, you're either working with, uh, I guess, the, the generator or the um, batteries or, or the regular gas engine sort of in parallel. In this case, it's the series structure where it's, you've got this electric DC motor and you've got this generator sort of in series with it just sort of producing the energy. Parallel versus series means something very specific to me in sort of the electronics world. Right. So, uh, you know, even I'm a little unclear on exactly, you know, that that terminology but but that's the basic idea that you've got these two sort of systems in series one you know working in conjunction with the other to produce this, this so product. how does this car in what it's doing differ from something that's being built in a production car now like a prius or a current hybrids yeah the the prius and some of those hybrids you know my understanding of how they basically work is you'll be driving and you, you know you'll have your gas engine actually driving the, the, the drivetrain ah. at some times, or, you know, you switch over to this sort of, you know, electric I see. system. So each motor 
we'll do the same thing. We'll, we'll do the same activity, whether it's the electric part that's pushing the drivetrain or whether it's the gas part that's pushing the drivetrain, whereas in the link volt, the generator powers the batteries, which continue to power the drivetrain always. Right, yeah, it's just one one drivetrain. So there's fewer parts, fewer mechanical parts, you know, fewer things to fail, and, and I guess, you know, it makes it easier to make those simpler parts uh, more energy efficient. This is Air Steve, and we're back with Paul Perone of Perone Robotics as we talk about his involvement in Neil Young's Linkvolt. So back in March, there was a big hubbub around town as uh, people noticed Neil Young's bus hanging around the Omni. And there were some Neil spottings uh, as he saw Rick Oliveira's trio play down at the CNO. I actually was able to watch a little bit of it uh, on 
a live stream. Is that something that you're a part of, that live stream that happens on the Internet when you talk about the software applications in Java 1? No, no, that's that's just the um, – no, we're, we're – what we do is is all sort of onboard on the onboard. vehicle and and pushing sort of statistics to the web. That streaming is is the stuff that is uh, set up by uh, Larry uh, Johnson, his producer, and and and, and folks uh, from uh, Shaky Pictures because they're see. also uh, producing a documentary about this whole effort. So they're documenting it and uh, and also sharing what's going on via the web through some of those live streams. So Neil was in town with his crew. And you were working on the Link Vault, and I believe you're doing some type of software updates. But the crux of it was that they were wanting to get the car to Washington D.C. that week or shortly thereafter. Yeah, that was in the middle of. I, I guess I'm trying to remember the versions of vehicles. That I think was our version 2.5, where they had just, I think, in Wichita, had converted the vehicle from the CNG-based generator, the compressed natural gas generator, to this. To this new generator that had um, that was going to be a blend of gas and uh, diesel, uh, or biodiesel, along with the water gas. They kind of came east to, I guess, take it on a, on a little tour to uh, to to demonstrate what that version of the generator could do. So the onboard brains that you're involved with on this now uh, on on the Link Volt side, there are graphs and and when it runs these things are calculated by some of the sensors and whatnot that you're putting in the car and then people can actually watch or review after it's over watch and i believe it's even in real time that they can watch it it, it is it up. is it's there are two components of it there's the real-time feed we've just got a broadband card in the car so that we can actually push data to a website while they're driving so, you know, there's that real-time component. It's delayed every, you know, minute or something, but it's quasi-real-time. And, and then we're archiving this data so that we can uh, go back and see over time when we were on this generator, these were the statistics. When they moved to this, you know, newer fuel blend, it was, you know, we got these statistics. Or, you know, when we were in a particularly hilly region, you know, we got these characteristics. So there is that sort of archival uh, component of the project to sort of save the statistics and 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 see, you know, what improvements uh, could be achieved with, you know, different technologies and, and, and tweaking and tuning, really.
currently you know waiting for this hydrous ethanol version of the generator to be completely set up and but yeah he, he gets the like it's a rotary wankle engine out of like a mazda that he's dropped into the car and and he's tuning that basically and getting some of the components ready for that and and some of the ecus the uh, embedded you know control units to control the the engines are very limited and so that's one of the things i'm doing is i'm gonna i'm gonna put a, a an embedded control computer in there i was looking around for it because i actually have it here somewhere but it's basically going to replace the ecus that you would normally have in a car with something that runs our software so that we can control the engine itself so that we can do all that efficiency tuning in a completely flexible programmable fashion what was the part that was failing there there was something that was failing when they were here and that was probably a um a dc converter that's right yeah there was a um Something that takes the 320 volts charge from the batteries and converts it into uh, 12 volts to power some of the onboard equipment. When the generator would come on, it would generate spikes in that 320 volt voltage level that that converter, although it was designed to deal with, was not dealing with properly. When the traffic slows, brake lights lined up. Guess what comes up when all this Neil Young talk comes up? Were you a Neil Young fan before you met him out there at the, you, you know, at the I, Java One convention? I was. I, I like so much music, really. I mean, there's. I grew up in a, in a household where my parents just played everything, and of course, I was familiar with Neil's music. And there are just so many of his songs that I've just sort of part and parcel of me that I that I've just loved. So absolutely, I love Neil's music. So were you a bit jealous then when Johnny Magic came out? <laughs> <laughs> I guess he'd been with the project a lot longer. Well, no, jo- no, jo- yeah, no. I, I, you know, I, I feel like you know we're, we're certainly here in a supporting role. I mean, we're yeah. and, and Jonathan is is really the you know the brains behind the the engine and the automotive technology. You don't want to put a wrench in my hands. I'm the least qualified sort of mechanical guy on the block. You know, I, I focus on software. But and I love that song though. By the way, I love that song. And really, like I said, I, I view you know our role in this project is is just really trying to help make this car more intelligent. And, and we are and we and it's evolved. It really has evolved over the year. It started out as just pure sensor telemetry, and then kind of something happened along the way. They could see what was capable because we put this sort of open platform in there that enabled Jonathan and, and the team to be able to control you know, all these different things in the car that they didn't even think about. And so now we're talking about actually using onboard intelligence to optimize the performance of the vehicle over long trips. So it, we're just making it more and more intelligent. And that's the exciting thing to me. I mean, uh, is, 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 uh, is sort of these optimization problems where, where we can apply, you know, hardcore mathematics and, and things to, and algorithms to, to make these vehicles more and more intelligent.
viable options for production cars? Absolutely. And I think that that's a real big differentiator from what we're doing here. Everything that we're doing is in, a, in sort of an open, 
hardware and software platform. You'll see a lot, you know, a lot of the traditional approaches in the automotive industry have been to have these proprietary closed systems that, that, um, that maybe for a good reason in some cases for safety. You know, you don't really want people messing around with hacking uh, with, it hacking with their it. system because that can lead to safety issues and then whose fault is it the manufacturer or whatnot. But times have changed in terms of technology and, and we've, you know, we're running everything on open, low-cost hardware and uh, platforms and this open software platform that we bring to the table uh, along with Java and just providing this sort of flexible uh, environment in which we can uh, rapidly add new features and behaviors and that's sort of that starting out with this low-cost open approach I think makes it a much more commercially viable and scalable solution than say a closed proprietary solution where there's not going to be a lot of third-party components and and uh, and tools software or hardware out there for for you to integrate into your vehicle so you know that aspect of it I think makes this a, a very commercially viable approach to, uh, to uh, in terms of the technology that's being dropped into this. Please tell me why every woman I know is crazy by automobile. Every woman I know is crazy by automobile. And here I am standing with nothing but rubber heels. We're constantly working on software updates and and things to respond to uh, you know new types of controls. And I got to go out and put a, a control computer computer system in the vehicle in the coming months. So so it's, it's really kind of a rolling lab in a way for the project. They're trying these different types of fuels and ways to provide power to this battery system, and they're and they're still working on that. And that's going to be a work in progress. And it's really about. You know, Neil's passion and Jonathan's passion with this technology and fostering some good things to come out of this. I mean, even Linkful has usability quirks that we're trying, trying to, you know, work out so that it is drop more seamless because there's so many things going on in that car that we're that we're automating with the software now that, that before they were going to have to make sure this switch is on and it's going to look like a cockpit. And a <laughs> so did Neil let you drive it yet? Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've driven it um, just uh, locally. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really nice car. Uh, it's, it's very quiet, you know, when it's on electric. And it's, it's just a, a really nice ride. It's, it's quiet and just, it's amazing to sort of be in this sort of huge car while it's driving down the road and making no noise whatsoever. <laughs> you, you, can, you can hear the outside, you can hear the noise from the road and the wheels, but you can't hear the engine, except when the generator comes on, of course. That's not it's fascinating. Most of the time you travel somewhere to work on the car, it's only been here once, is that right? Yeah, it's only been here once. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've been out to Wichita quite frequently, and I was just you know, out in California with it. So yeah, I, I, I travel, but I'm actually able to do software updates from here like literally one time they were they called me from california i've set it up so that i can log into the car computer from here and push updates and i can see what they see on the screen and 
An evil man could make constant work there. <laughs> I'm so over overworked. I love it. I'm just trying to make less work for myself. Well, every woman I know, crazy about an automobile. Hey, I am standing with nothing but a rubber heel. Man, when I get some money, I just got to get me some kind of automobile. I mean, the whole idea of having water on board and generating hydrogen on board rather than carrying, you know, a dangerous sort of reservoir of hydrogen or what have you, but to produce that hydrogen on board and use the, you know, the inherent energy associated with that to help provide this, you know, displacement, if you will, for this generator seems to me the most promising and something that's going to take, you know, a little more time. But the question is, how do we focus on, on the problem, which is to provide a more energy-efficient, cost-effective, you know, optimizing on, on cost over a long duration, a sustainable uh, transportation technology, essentially. How do we focus on that? And that's the great thing about the LinkVolt team in terms of existing infrastructure, and they, they don't have to worry about failing. In a way, nobody's necessarily expecting them to succeed. Right. So that, and that's a good thing. That that's what makes this project a great thing to work on because you're working with people who are very passionate about the problem at hand and focused on the problem at hand. It reminds me of the Voyager. The Voyager project was the plane that flew around the world without refueling. Right, right, right. And it was a project that mm -hmm. was uh, independent in that no government agencies were involved. All kinds of private entrepreneurs that had their expertise from all different areas, including Bose. Bose designed the noise-canceling headphones. Those headphones were made specifically to stop those pilots from becoming deaf after seven days of flying. Exactly. And, and see, that's the, that's the great thing about working on these kinds of projects because there's the overall goal, but inevitably there are always these sort of components of innovation that maybe represent you know 10% or some percentage of the overall project that can go on to benefit people in other ways. Kind of have the freedom to run with ideas and like that, whereas some maybe larger companies or you know that might not be possible. You can play my guitar. See where it goes. Send a song to a distant star. This is Eric Steven. We've been talking with Paul Perone of Perone Robotics, a fascinating gentleman that lives right here in Charlottesville, does his work right out of Charlottesville. We've been discussing the Linkvolt, 
And I want to congratulate him on a Lifetime Achievement Award that he received at the Java One Conference. And I guess it's not only involving the link folk, but since it's a Lifetime Achievement Award for all of the toys and creatures that you fascinated people with at Java One and around the world for these last years. And it's called a dookie? Is a duke. Right? duke. It's called a duke. <laughs> now, I heard him call it, call, call it a dookie. Is that just uh, the, is that Gosling, uh, Jaffa One's oh, pet name for it? Uh, maybe, yeah, that may be a slang term. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the, the Duke is uh, is the mascot for the Java brand. And Duke is this sort of, I guess, upside-down Star Trek-looking symbol. So you have two of them over there. Yeah, yeah, this is our second Duke, and this is the, a gold Duke, so we're... Um, yeah, I was I was honored by by son James Gosling is is the creator of Java, the programming language, and that's a programming platform that's used by five million developers worldwide. So it's a pretty popular programming environment, and, and to be honored twice with with this award was was nice. And we just came back from that a few weeks ago, and and we were there with with Linkfold on the show floor and and, and talking about that at the conference. Well, Paul, it's been a great pleasure to be allowed to come in here and talk to you about this fascinating stuff. I hope that as things progress with the Linkfold and your other work, that uh, we can come back in and check in on it and see what's happening. Absolutely. Paul Perot. Canadian singer-songwriter of all time My, my, hey, hey Everything's gonna be okay Cause I touched Neil Young's car today
Folk and Beyond with Air Stephen for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet. <laughs> 